party people it's Cass and Kath back again coming at you with a brand new episode of Bear and Bilo how's everybody doing today how are you doing Cass <laughs> I'm doing good Kath I'm doing real good <laughs> <laughs> we have a really interesting slash fun slash everything under the sun Hey, I just rhymed. <laughs> but we are talking about the party scene in Buffalo, the drinking scene in Buffalo. And yes, we will talk about how it can be loads of fun. I am guilty of having loads of fun, even yes, still in my late 30s. We'll get into that and then Kath's take on it. But we're going to talk about just like why. Why Buffalo? So we're going to try breaking it down. We thought this would be a really interesting conversation because I feel like all of our friends, like all of us have had this conversation like why? But okay, let's still sit at the bar for another 10 hours and keep talking about why we're the way that we are or why (laughs) Buffalo is the way that you are. And what do you do if you want to maybe cut back. Um, So we're going to kind of talk about all of that today. So crack a beer and join us. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Because it might be 9 a.m., but we do say grab a mimosa and join us for this grown, (laughs) grown ass girl chat. Okay. Yeah, girl. Yeah, because it's definitely a thing in Buffalo. The whole party scene, it's part of our below culture that I think we love and we hold dear. And it's nice. We're we're a city, so there's a lot to do, but we're still a very close-knit community. So it's one of the things that I think is really great. And in our research, you know, we wanted to understand kind of why that is. Are other cities like that too? Or is it just Buffalo? Is this just a below thing? That's what I said to so many people. Like, I was trying to get a get some feelers from some mm-hmm. people in our group and even outsiders because in Minnesota I sometimes Carmen and I are at a bar like just you know even at happy hour or on a Sunday watching the game or something we're like okay did we just go through a bartender shift like did we just have a, a shift and or we'll we'll see other people at the bar in Minnesota. They don't sit as long as mm-hmm. we can sit. And so that's what made me think, is it just Buffalo? But then that's when, you know, you and I started looking into it and talking to our people. And we started realizing, okay, maybe it, there are some other cities, but what other cities? And we found that it was a lot of cities that have long winters like we do. Mm-hmm. A lot of blue collar type of cities. I think the fact that our bars are open till 4 a.m. is a big deal, probably because... That doesn't help a fucking thing. It doesn't help a thing. <laughs> I mean, depending how you look at it. Well, true, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, being a blue-collar town, you have a lot of late-shift workers, and they mm-hmm. want to go out for a drink to unwind after their shift, and it's nice that bars are open that late. It's funny, when I was living in both... Austin, Texas, and in Raleigh, North Carolina, bars shut down at 2 a.m., and they kind of shove you out the door, especially in Texas. They start announcing at 10 minutes before 2 a.m., and at 2 a.m., if if you are still standing there with a drink, I'm not joking, Cassie, bouncers shove you out the door. I've been shoved in a group of people out 
the door. It's really wild. And I remember being like, oh my God, it's so early. Why is this happening? You know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. And here in Buffalo, I mean, I'm sure some bars are like, it's four o'clock, get the hell out. But there's still quite a few <laughs> yeah. bars in Buffalo that like, if you have a drink in your hand, you know, people might linger after, yeah. you know, and then not, not really now at this age, but you know, in our twenties, I tell some people like that are not from Buffalo. I'm like, yeah, we would be out until 4 a.m. and then people would still have an after party. Oh my God. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're just that fun in Buffalo. Okay, no. guys. You guys just can't keep up. No, exactly. Buffalo prides themselves on that. We pride ourselves on being able to hang yeah. all night long and you don't even need drugs to stay up that late it's just a natural high energy I mean maybe maybe you need some but not it's not required it's not required there's definitely drugs floating around but I know for me in particular I remember always being like I don't need any other drugs because I'm on such a high being out dancing with my friends. And these are like lifelong friends I've loved forever. I've known since I was in elementary school and just the drinking alone. I, like you say, I've got that natural high. I feel great. I mean, I'll be honest, those times in my life and for a little context, it was mostly like college and in my twenties. Those were the best times of my friggin' life. I love Buffalo. And when I have traveled, the party scene just doesn't measure up. Yeah. Mm-mm. And obviously we're at a different point in our lives now. So the purpose I think of this episode was just drinking and in, in general, some of those stories, yeah, like four in the morning and staying out till after. Yeah. In our twenties, we prided our, we we were proud of ourselves during that time too, but even carrying over into your thirties, okay, we might not last until 4am. Um, and obviously it's different than, you know, the blue collar, um, and the factory workers that are maybe getting off at midnight and want to go have a drink or something. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of has their own way, but it all ties back into, we had a long day or a long week we're going for a drink. We're letting loose. Now Mm -hmm. in our 30s, we might start at noon or 1 p.m. and we may or may not be home by 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. It's not till four in the morning, but that's still a long ass shift. And we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, hell yeah. We just did that. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Real quick. I love that you're calling them shifts. That's a thing. I know. I I just, I love that you're using the term shifts because you put that in the notes. And as we've been prepping for the episode and talking about it, you keep saying 10 hour shift or seven hour shift. I just love that you're using the term shift. Yeah. Have you ever heard that so much in your life? (laughs) No, I just, I love it because it's like you think of a shift, it's like you're putting in work. Exactly. (laughs) For an extended period of time. I just love that. Uh huh. Well, you know what? It's, listen. We're not the only city that does that. Maybe we're the funnest city, obviously. But I talked to my dad about this. And for a little bit of context, my dad was very heavily involved in the Buffalo party scene since he was very young. I'll get to it later. But there was a point in his life where he did have to walk away from it. So I asked him a bunch of questions. And I I asked him what he thought about it. And he said um, when he lived in Alaska... 
people in Alaska were like that. A lot, a lot of drinking heavily involved. And he said it's because the winters are very long. There's not a lot to do. And so people kind of resort to that. But by comparison, when he lived in California and Florida, he said people were wrapping it up by like 11 p.m. at night. And he said people do more day activities like hiking or surfing. Surfing, yeah, if you're on the water, obviously. He said a beach day. He said there's just more day stuff going on to where when you get to nighttime, people are just kind of tired. They're ready to wrap it up early. He said it was a big culture shock for him. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but that that makes total sense. And that's where it all ties back to, okay, like I think Buffalo's getting better about having more activities, free events. We've talked about that before um, on previous episodes. Buffalo is getting better at that, but still like that's great and everything, but it still for some reason just comes back around to like, let's just meet up at the bar. I think it's, you know, the easiest thing for people to come up with Mm -hmm. instead of trying to organize like, okay, let's all meet at the ice skating rink and um, (laughs) right. Know, like with 10 of our friends like yep. it's just easier to like let's go grab a bite and some yeah. drinks and and then next thing you know you're there for you know four hours five hours well when you do a 10-hour shift and we just keep saying that but when you, you're there for a long time and you kind of post it up at a bar and I think one of the people you talked to about this said this, people can kind of come in and out like, hey, we're here, meet up or don't or pop in for an hour and be on your merry way. So that's really easy to do too, you know? Yeah. Yep. For sure. I think it's just not talked about enough. All the stuff that we actually do have in Buffalo that's not um, party and alcohol related. Like there's actually a lot to do in Buffalo that you don't have to include drinking on that you can maybe do like a social gathering. And, and we'll talk about that in our below shout out. But I know it's hard. Winters are long. It's cold. If anything's involving outdoors, it's like, ugh. <laughs> but but that's just the it's always been the thing to do. And Buffalo didn't used to have events like they do now. So it's just like instilled, you know, maybe it came from your parents' generation and it's like, oh, let's just meet up, meet up at the bar. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, oh, cozy, grab some drinks. It's, you know, where you can catch up with your friends and Mm -hmm. meet new people. So, um, I just think it's so interesting that Minnesota is not like this. I know other cities aren't necessarily like this. And I don't know if it's because so in Minnesota land of 10,000 lakes, I mean, everyone has a cabin Everybody goes to the cabin, even during the wintertime. And I'm sure they're doing heavily drinking there, too. One of my coworkers, he's going ice fishing, you know, every single weekend. And and they're having drinks. But maybe it's a little more spread out here. And that's why I don't see people putting in, you know, work at the bar as much. I don't know. But that's the only thing I can come up with is it's more spread out. Where Buffalo is a little more condensed and, you know, it's... There's a bar every corner here. Yeah. And you know what? My dad was also telling me that what he saw a lot in his experience, not everybody, but sometimes it could be a little bit generational. So if you grew up in a family that drank heavily, you're more maybe a little bit more likely to also inherit those traits and just to do what your parents did. I mean, that's a pretty common thing. You do something similar to the environment you grew up in. He also, yeah, he also said that back in, he said the 40s, 50s, and 60s, there are a lot of like taverns 
not a lot of like bars, like fun places with like food that you see on like Hurdle and Elmwood. He said like back, back, back in the day, people would just go to like your local watering hole. And he said a lot of like, you know, kids, those ages that saw those parent their parents do that, they went on to kind of do similar things. And then it was like even more fun when you have more fun places like you see now. He said that could have something to do with it, too. He said and just related to the whole generational thing. You grow up in that environment of a lot of partying and drinking. You may go on to kind of do similar things, which is totally fine if that's a lifestyle that works for you. But it is related, I think, to just the whole culture in general, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, talking about just how you grew up and everything and, you know, it might be hard to be like, okay, you know what? I am sick of having these hangovers, but every family party, I'm not saying that, I mean, yes, I am sick of the hangovers, but I'm not saying that I'm willing, (laughs) that I'm ready to give up alcohol. But my family, for instance, you know, I, I don't know if it's bragging or not, but I think it's really cool. And this is also stupid. I don't know if I should be saying it's cool or not, but like, that's what I project is that, Oh, my, with my grandparents, we are, if we're having a dinner at their house or if we're going out to dinner, um, it's show up an hour or two before. So we have time for an old fashioned or Manhattan. My mom usually (laughs) has Manhattans. They have old fashions, but you do that as a pre-dinner cocktail. And I feel like in my grandparents way, so it might not be come down to like the whole like party, go, go, go put in a long shift type of thing, but it's more of like a classy thing. Mm-hmm. And it's more oh, of yeah. like, okay, we're going to have a really nice classy drink pre-dinner. That's the socializing time before we sit down to have a meal together, which we will also now be cracking bottles of wine to drink. with them. But it's just, that's how I grew up. So like, me anytime if I'm going out to dinner I'm gonna order a drink I don't you know maybe necessarily have to get there to have a pre-dinner drink like right. you know they do but you know it's just it's involved and that's what we grew up with and that's what I you know I, I like that about my family but then it comes down to you know when maybe not naming any names necessarily in my family but when it's been a point when you've maybe had too much red wine and it happens to all of us. Okay. I'm not just (laughs) making fun of one person. Um, because it's, it is a serious thing and a lot of people deal with it, but it's like, all right, now things are maybe get out of control every once in a while. Now, what if that person doesn't actually want to drink anymore? How do you fit into your family or how do you fit into your family and friends? If you're trying to pull back, you know, Yes, that's such a good point, Cassie. And I think it's also important to know there are quite a few Buffalonians out there that are fully immersed in this lifestyle that we're talking about today. And they're perfectly content. My dad was uh, actually the one that pointed that out to me. Not that I didn't know that. I obviously know that. But he did say, he's like, you know, my friends from back in the day that were all involved in that party drinking lifestyle that he had to walk away from. He's like, they were able to maintain that with no problem. He's like, they were very happy. They had what they wanted out of life, whether that was career, family, what have you. And he's like, they're happy, Kathleen. And and I am was really happy to hear that because, of course, we don't want to come from a judgmental place today. We want to encourage everybody to do what makes them happy in life. And we love that scene in Buffalo so much. But I think we also really wanted to get into people who are immersed in that lifestyle, but kind of want to walk away from it, but have a difficult time doing that, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you said no judgment zone because this is a no judgment zone. We do not want to come across preachy at all, like mm-hmm. at all. And Kathleen, even you and I have different takes on on some of this stuff or, you know, like you're more like, no, I am completely removed. Like I don't want it. Where on the other hand, I, I know you still like to have a good time obviously I'm yeah not hold on a minute a lame a lame old <laughs> ducko I also get migraines from alcohol let me just yes, throw this in there you. I can't physically drink like I used to <laughs> oh I know I know I knew you were gonna get pissed that I said that. I am pissed that you said it like I'm some boring Sally <laughs> yeah lame old ducko that's your new nickname no I'm just kidding are you kidding Kathleen is no, one of the most fun people that I have ever met in my life go back to our meeting story where she just let (laughs) her up and spin her around and I I had just met her but (laughs) no even to this day and that's but that's the point of all this right is like you a lot of people still know how to have a fun ass time without having to be drunk um and I'm proud of you, actually, that you know your limit now. Like, I feel like for a while there, maybe you were like, oh, I know I'm going to get a migraine tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be, I don't want to look lame. So let me just have like a few drinks. Like, I feel like, is that accurate? That's 1000% accurate. It's been really hard to actually completely, almost completely cut alcohol out of my life because yeah. no, I'm not in that scene anymore. And I can talk more about that later, what happened, but I still want to have like a glass of wine with my husband at dinner. I still want to meet my girlfriends out for dinner and share a bottle of wine. Like I'm not trying to completely not drink or not party and have a good time, but it's gotten to a point. Yeah. Like with migraines, I mean, like you used to, I feel like at the beginning and when you started getting the migraines, you almost knew like, you're like, I'm willing to suffer tomorrow. Yeah have a good time with my friends today. And yes. now I think you've gotten to the point where you've realized like, okay, my friends are going to love me for me, whether I yeah. drink or don't drink. And I know that I'm going to be a fun time, whether I drink or don't drink. Very and true. tomorrow I'm going to feel amazing and be proud of myself that I didn't have to like drink a whole bottle of wine and stuff for the next day, lose time, you know, out of your day. So I think that's actually a really good story. Oh, um, thanks, you guys know I always tease, but I truly, genuinely, you know, meant that from a loving place because I knew it would annoy you. But <laughs> I, think, I think I think it's it's really important because I feel like even take the migraine side out of it, just people in general, I think sometimes in Buffalo and friend groups are like, okay, I kind of don't want to do this go as hard as often anymore mm-hmm. but I love my friends and I know my friends have a good time so how do I set those boundaries that would be that's hard that's really hard yeah and I know that's something that you think about if you and Carmen ever did decide to move back home to Buffalo because you know it's one thing when you guys come home you jump right back in you're having a great time but also technically you two are on vacation so it's a little different if you were living here full time I mean you'd have to kind of make some decisions how am I going to balance this in a way that works for our life and continue to maintain our friendships yeah exactly and like I don't get me wrong. You know me. I am love me a good ass time. Um, (laughs) Like (laughs) hardcore good ass times is what I live for. Yes. But I also don't require 
I mean, yes, alcohol. I do love drinks. Like I love to have drinks. And I'm so I'm not trying to sit here and say that I'm like some goody two shoes or that I don't do it, blah, blah, blah. No, I love to have drinks, but I also don't have to have them. Like, and I don't have to have so many to where I'm getting like plastered. Sometimes, you know, more than two drinks just naturally happens. Sure. <laughs> but um, you know, so I can I can go out and just have one or two, um, even if it does often lead to more, like I said. But um, you know, in Minnesota, I we go weeks without drinking, or I do anyways. My point that I'm trying to make is if we were to move back to Buffalo, we would probably need to have some serious like set boundaries. Because I have major FOMO, like a lot. If I know people are going to be having a good time, I want to be there. Mm -hmm. So I am just as guilty, even though, you know, I might be able to go and meet somebody out and only have a few. Carmen's going to go probably balls to the wall, you know, not doing shots or anything, but like he, he won't go for six hours and just have three beers. You know, he's going to have 30 where I could probably sit somewhere for six hours. And if I really wanted to, I could keep it to three probably and have just as good of a time. Um, because our friends are the best. Our yeah. my, our group of friends are so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's just like a nonstop laugh attack. Yeah. And that's what I live for. So it's like I don't want to miss out. And I even feel this way about like just my girlfriends that maybe aren't necessarily part of the mutual friend group that are just as amazing. So what I fear for my life, if we were to move back to Buffalo, is that, you know, one night I'm going to go out to dinner and have one or two drinks, which is totally fine, but with my one girlfriend. And then the next night, somebody from my other friend group is going to be like, oh, do you want to meet out? But then Saturday, when our mutual friend group is out somewhere for hours, you know, I'm not going to want to miss that. But if we moved back to Buffalo, there would just have to be boundaries. There would just have to be because I don't know that I would be able to maintain that ever, like all the time. Yeah. You know, so that's one thing. I think I could have some boundaries and keep it. Uh, One of our other friends that's part of the mutual friend group, I think she actually does a pretty good job. Like she did dry January and she did dry January, even though everyone else was going, you know, hard because bills were in the playoffs and stuff. So if you guys were to move back home from Buffalo, I know you and I know the major FOMO you would get not going out every single weekend and being, like we say, involved in that environment and that lifestyle. It's hard when you like see maybe on social media, people having fun or you hear the stories and you're like, oh, I wish I was there. But it's pretty clear that I'm hearing from you that your lifestyle in Minnesota, which involves significantly less partying and drinking, is preferable to you. So like what's a specific reason that it's better for you? And this is just for you. This is not for maybe not for everybody. Everybody's different for you specifically, I'm wondering. Oh God, it's so hard because I just want to have a good time every day. But I also, but I also really, I require sleep. I require a really good night's sleep and I am a morning person. So I like feeling really good the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like being productive. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what I prefer. And because as much as I love being out and socializing stuff, I do also, which I think I just recently in the last, not recently, but like in my thirties, I've realized that I really do actually 
enjoy alone time. I think I always fought that, that like, no, I have to be out and about because I do love being out and about, but it gets tiring. I get tired. Well, I'm glad you're saying that because it sounds so simple. Like, well, it's like a physical thing. Like I get tired easy or not easy, but you do get tired. You like to have a good night's sleep. You like to wake up fresh in the morning. And I think it's important to say like, some people are affected differently by being out all night or out for a long day with drinking involved than others. Yeah. Me in particular, that was one of the big reasons I walked away. Like I was coming up on my late 20s. I just, I couldn't sustain it and also like do the things that I wanted to do in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a point that I had, it was actually when I met Scott and the two of us kind of mutually walked away from the party scene. We'd been in it for a long time and we were just tired, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We were exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Physically, I'm like, I just can't sustain this. And it's kind of like a real thing that happens. Maybe it doesn't happen to some people. Maybe it's like, I mean, I know people, they can drink a lot freaking more than me. I mean, keep in mind, guys, I'm me in particular, I am five feet tall. So right off the bat, even in my heyday, I was not drinking as much as everybody else because I would get drunk faster and I, I just couldn't. I mean, I'd get sent to the hospital, get my stomach pumped for Christ's sake. But anyways, <laughs> that was one of the big reasons. I had goals in my life that me, just me, I wanted. I wanted a better job. I wanted a better house. I didn't even have a house at the time. I was living in an apartment. I wanted to be more stable financially. I wanted a family. And I just knew I can't keep this up. And what I want out of life. Yeah. Like everyone is so different, which is just so fascinating to me. My dad said he was like, I had a friend who he'd be out with us till four in the morning. He'd get up the next morning, put on his suit and tie, and he'd go off to work. And he actually had a very successful career. And I'm just asking questions. I'm like, okay, but was he single? Did he have a family? He was like, yeah, he was married and had a family. And a nice family. I was like, damn, I could never do that. <laughs> like, I know. And I'm like, holy shit. How? Like, no, I'm not saying that I would even want that, but also that would be nice to like, at least not have a hangover and still be able to function the next day. <laughs> My God. So I just want to say too, because anyone listening might be like, okay, well you guys are females. Okay. Like even if some of our guy friends are listening right now, they're going to be like, okay, well what about Carmen? You know? <laughs> and what does he want? Does he want boundaries? Carmen doesn't want fucking boundaries. That's so funny. You're saying that. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, Carmen and I, Carmen and I have had conversations about this too. Um, you know, it was like months and months ago. I'll probably post it when this episode airs, but I saw a video of a guy. I sent it to you. That's mm-hmm. what sparked, I think, this episode. Um, and he was like, so do the binge drinking thing. That's all me and my friends do. We have a great time. I wanted to give up alcohol, so I did. And he's like, and now nobody wants to hang out with me. Now, if he was being dramatic or like for real or not, Um, we'll never know, but I, I showed Carmen that and he was like, you know, and this is getting a little bit deeper, but he's like, you know, I have thought about what if I didn't drink what, cause he isn't proud of some of the things that he's done when he's been drunk and Mm -hmm. hammered, which I know a lot of people go through that. Um, you know, you have the depression and anxiety jitters the next day. Mm -hmm. Like there's even TikToks all over about that. That's one thing I can say about social media is it kind of, 
makes you feel a little less alone. Like, oh my God, I'm not just the only one that gets the day after hangover, anxiety, depression. Like, what did I say last night? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people go through that. And and I'm obviously not going to get into details with Carmen or anything. That's his own story. But things that have happened when he's been drinking have made him think, besides the fact of just feeling like complete shit the next day, have made Mm -hmm. him be like, okay, it's giving him anxiety even to think about if he did give up alcohol, would his friends want to be his friends? And I'm like, of course they would. Like, yes, they would. You're, you're, good friends. They've been your friends since you've been elementary school. But he's like, would we even have anything to talk about? Because, you know, alcohol brings out the fun side of maybe more of the reserved guys. But then we have a few friends in the group, I'm like, that they're going to say whacked out funny shit no matter what that's going to spark the conversation, whether alcohol (laughs) is involved or not. Mm -hmm. So anyways, those are just some thoughts that have gone through his mind. And I feel like they go through a lot of people's minds. Yes, it's a very real thing. And I'm going to say Buffalo specifically. I don't know if this applies to other cities like we mentioned earlier, but I've heard over my lifetime that Buffalo can be a very incestuous city. And it's just a joke. But um, what that means to me is everybody kind of knows each other. We've all kind of dated each other, too. There's a little bit of that going on. Everybody, mostly everybody is still friends with the same people from childhood, like Carmen. My group of friends, half of them I met in literally elementary school, some in middle school, some in high school. And that is wild that you have these lifelong friends. So when your lifelong friends are immersed in this environment, lots of partying, lots of drinking, you decide for yourself that this isn't working for you in your life anymore for whatever reason. It is really scary to not only give up drinking and all that entails, but to also walk away from your friends. Like I know I experienced that when I did decide to walk away. There was a, you know, couple of years where it was like a little shaky because people get a little angry. You know, they're like, come on, come out, come meet us out. And it's like, I just didn't want to. And that's what they're doing. I'm trying to do something different. And it took a while for me in particular to find a healthy balance and to continue maintain the friendships that I wanted. Some fell off. Some didn't survive that time period. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, and it is a really sad thing. And, and what I'm trying to say is when you're trying to make that decision, it's like, oh my God, am I going to lose all my friends? And I think it maybe spooks people a little bit to make decisions that they kind of need to for their lives because they don't want to lose their friends. I think it's a very real thing people in Buffalo suffer with. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, not to say that Carmen would for sure give it up, but he's thought about it. But, you know, one of his favorite things to do is when we go back to Buffalo is meet up with the guys Mm -hmm. and have a day. He could say the whole 15 hour drive back to Buffalo from Minnesota. I'm not, I'm not doing the eight hour drinking day. I'm just, I'm not (laughs) doing it. But what happens? Yeah. We do or he does. You have a good time, and then yeah. we get back to Minnesota, and he's like, "I'm done doing that. I'm yes. done doing." That. Get, <laughs> but it's dude, just, you get sucked in. You do. You get sucked in, and you know we we all kind of pride ourselves. We like Buffalo. You know, mm-hmm. we when we Buffalo Bills, for example, and and one of our other friends said this too. They're like. We love the fact we can say we've been tailgating since 7 a.m. Yes, we have yes. the best 
tailgating. Like, Buffalo loves to shout us out of our drinking capability. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know? And it's yeah. Like, I even get into battles with with some of the younger gener- younger kids in our um in my office. One of them's a Packers fan. Well, Packers have the best tailgating. No, they don't. And I'll be like, the Buffalo Bills, do, do you guys start tailgating at 7 a.m.? <laughs> and they'll be like, no, we start at 6 a.m. I was like, lies. Liar. You know? But anyways, sometimes, every once in a while, you have to think about, okay, are these memories? I'm so thankful for them. But motherfucker, this hangover in the, in our 30s is mm-hmm. just it's rocking me. Yeah. Well, I have an interesting story that my dad told me. So like I mentioned earlier, my dad was very much in the party scene in Buffalo. He also traveled a lot, but he was always in and out. And my dad had very close, like lifelong friends at the time that he would party with in Buffalo. Like there was a big group of them. They'd been running around since they were little kids, like from just, you know, whipping around on their bicycles to now they're drinking at bars. So just want to paint the picture. Yeah. He ended up getting married to my mother and they moved to Florida for like a year or two. And when he was in Florida, he started a sales career. He was having some success. He was doing really well. And obviously he wasn't in the party scene and drinking with his friends because he didn't you know, he just had my mom down there. They didn't really have have friends there to even do that with. And like we mentioned earlier, Florida's just not that culture. It's more of a day culture. So the point I'm trying to make is he, he was really succeeding. He was moving his life forward. Him and my mom were doing really well. They decided at a certain point to move back to Buffalo. When they moved back to Buffalo, my dad just started bartending. Instead of getting maybe another sales job, he's like, oh, well, I'll just bartend for a little bit. And then he got to hang out with his friends again. Again, lifelong very close friends. And what was happening was he was staying out till five in the morning, partying constantly, not really moving forward in your life. And I'm not saying being a bartender is a a bad career. What I'm saying is my mom wanted to start a family. And in order to start a family that she wanted, she wanted my dad to have more of a nine to five job so we could, they could be present for their kids. That's what my mom wanted. That's what a lot of people want. And yeah, um, but Mr. Fatta was getting after it. He was getting after it, just running <laughs> around town with his buddies. Yeah. So my dad told me that one night he came home at 5 a.m. and my mom was sitting up waiting for him. And she was like, sit down. He's like, oh, fuck. You know, he's like all yeah. drunk. <laughs> and she kind of gave him an ultimatum. She told him she was like, listen, I don't want this life anymore. I want you to quit bartending and I want you to find a nine to five job so we can start a family. She's like, I want to start a family now. And she actually told him, you need to walk away from your friends because if you don't, you'll never stop partying. I was going to say, how do you feel about giving ultimatum to to walk away from your lifelong childhood friends? I kind of feel like I wish there was a way my dad was able to maintain those friendships. And I asked him about it. I I said, why weren't you? And he said, for one, he wasn't able to live in both worlds. He wasn't able to live in the party world with his friends and kind of give my mom what she wanted to, you know, meet the goals that they wanted to achieve in their lives. It's like an all or nothing for him, it sounds like, which kind of is like 
a lot of people. It's all or nothing. You're not going out just for two beers and coming home. It's like you're having 20 or or I don't want to go out at all. Yeah. And he said a couple of years before that happened, he had a friend that completely walked away. And my dad would try to convince him, like, come on, we're not going to judge you if you don't drink or if you don't drink as much as us or stay out as late as us. Come on, just we want to see you. And he said the guy never would. And he told him, I can't. I have to walk away from it. And then my dad said when he went through it, he had those same feelings. He's like, I just can't. I have to I have to walk away or I'll never stop. And together as a couple, he's like, your mom and I would not have been able to do what we wanted to do in life because he wanted those things too. It's not like he just did whatever she wanted. He also wanted a family. He wanted to do more in a career. So he had to walk away, but it does make me sad for him that he had to walk away from the friendships. Yeah, because it sounds like he was pretty extreme with it then. I mean, if it was five in the morning, how old was your dad at this time too, by the way? Because I think that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. Like late 20s, 29, maybe 30 actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, age is a big thing. It's not like they were 22 having this conversation. They were getting older and my mom, they, uh, they didn't even have a house. They were still living in an apartment. And my mom's like, we, we need to do something here. I'm not living this life permanently, I think is how she felt. Again, some people are fine with it. And that's totally fine. I'm just kind of, t- we're talking about people who are having a difficult time wanting to move forward. And it's just hard to get there. And it was hard for my dad. Back then, the age 29, 30, you know, because people back then had children a lot sooner, got married a lot sooner. So that 29, 30 age, somebody staying out until five morning, I feel like would be like in our generation now, like a 40 year old staying out till five. So I can see Mm -hmm. how she's like, you know, because 40 at 40 staying out till five in the morning. Hell no. No. Like, so I can see how your mom at that 29, she she was like, had enough. And it's not like they had just gotten married. They'd been married for about four years at that point. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I asked my dad, like, well, what happened with your friends? And he said some of them were very angry and, like, to this day, like, resent him for walk for walking away from them. So it's a very real thing to be afraid to do that. Yeah, the judgment. It makes me really sad that my dad was never able to maybe get through that uncomfortable phase and then continue to maintain those lifelong friendships. I'm so happy that I was able to, which I realized in my conversation with him. But I guess what we, you know, just want to say that it it is a really difficult thing to do in Buffalo. But if it's something that you feel like you just need to do, there's definitely a way to do it. I think if your friends really love you and you have a good friendship, they'll find a way to support you. We're also talking about men in the 70s. They didn't exactly communicate, let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, we're also talking about a completely different generation. In this day and age, you know, we're we're all learning things together. Yes. Um, Everyone's learning how to deal with certain things to be more accepting. We're supposed to anyways. I mean, we all are. We all know how biblical baddies are. Yes. Um, is to learn things together. Like, I definitely know that at this day and age, or at this age, I think people, our friend group would be a lot more accepting. I think a lot of friend groups would be a lot more accepting. You might get that one person's going to give you a bunch of shit. Who knows? Maybe I would have been the asshole annoying person back in our 20s that was like I could see oh my god come on just come out for a drink come on (laughs) 
He can I be pro from tomorrow, Kathy. Your migraine will be fine. Yes, I can see you doing your migraine. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be like an asshole about it, but I do. I pr- I used to put the pressure on, like I did. Yeah, I think we all did. Yeah, like just come or like if you have a friend that comes out and it's like I'm not drinking tonight, you're like, come on, just have one. A lot <laughs> of people have anxiety about like I don't want to deal with being harassed. You know? I know. I feel so bad because I was probably definitely the harasser and pressure at. Uh, you know, for years in my life. And, and I feel bad, but now I know I'm mature now, you know? Well, Hey, we all mature. We all grow up. And I think that's why I love that we're having this conversation today. I love talking about Buffalo. <laughs> I know me too. And, and all sides of it. That's why I'm, I was, I'm just so intrigued. I've, I talk about it all the time with people like why Buffalo is like why we are just so willing to drink nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) And how do you get out of that culture? You know, it's just, it's all fascinating to me. It is. But anyways, you guys know, we always end our episodes with a quote of the day that Cassie picks out. She's got two today. So let's kick it off, Cass. I do have two. I have one that is, you know, more serious and more aligned with what we were just ending the episode with. And then I have one for the drinkers. <laughs> so, because you know, want to please, please us both. But, um, okay, so here we go. Start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible. And suddenly you are doing the impossible. And I really loved that quote because it kind of goes along with something that I read. Um, I don't remember where I read it. Of course, go figure. But with alcohol was the, the example specifically. And they said, okay, if you're not someone that maybe necessarily like has to cut out alcohol because you're an alcoholic right. or that extreme or anything, but let's just say you are trying to cut back. They said, start with maybe one function that month. Maybe you have 10 functions that month. Drink at nine of them, but go to one social setting and not drink for one of them and see and just challenge yourself. Instead of cutting out, cutting it out cold turkey or like, I'm never like, I can't drink ever again. Um, And I'm like, that is so interesting. And then she said, the next month you have 10 more social settings again. Don't drink at two of them. And just like baby steps. And maybe you never get to where you're not drinking at all, but maybe out of all 10 of those events, maybe you're able to pick like three that you're only drinking at, you know, and you're not drinking at seven of them or go to the bar. We always like to sit at the bar, um, and, and eat food if it's just me and Carmen and we usually get a drink one time. Why don't you just go sit at the bar and eat dinner without ordering a drink, Mm. you know, so like little things like that. So I thought that went perfectly with that quote. Oh my God. Absolutely. I love the baby step concept for any type of change in your life because when you baby step, the first step, you kind of are slowly starting to get those uncomfortable feelings out of the way. Sitting at a bar, not having a drink, just eating can elicit some uncomfortable feelings. Being with your friends and saying, hey, I'm not drinking. And then you go through the whole gamut of like, come on, come on. You say, no, 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 no. You get that uncomfortable feeling out of the way. Next month, try it twice. Like, I really love that whole concept in general. Yeah, I loved it too. It might have been something on the Today Show, actually, not even something that I read. Because I remember perking up and I was like, oh my God, Mm. wow, that's really amazing. Like, that's a great idea. 
Okay, your second quote is for the party people. Woo woo. (laughs) I just, I saw this when I was looking up quotes for, uh, I looked up positive quotes for people that drink, (laughs) thinking I was going to get something inspirational. Instead, I got this one by your boy, Frank Sinatra. Oh. And he said, alcohol may be man's worst enemy, but the Bible says to love your enemy. Oh, good i love that yeah yeah so crack a bottle let your body wobble <laughs> m M&M quote um oh, all right kathleen take it away with our below shout out of the week which you can do without alcohol if that is your preference or have a flask in your coat pocket i have a flask in your coat pocket always an option um my husband has been known to do that from time to time but anyways um yeah For those of you that want to baby step your way out of the party scene, out of drinking so much, we have a great event for you to try out. Uh, I actually just did this a couple weeks ago with my family. It was so nice. It's the Botanical Gardens After Dark event. They run it all winter long. I believe it's Friday nights. It is so freaking cool in there. Obviously, it's the Botanical Gardens, so there's plants, flowers, everything everywhere, but they turn off all the lights, and they have all these like awesome, like bright, fluorescent lights set up everywhere, and it's really big. We went around like a couple of times. Like We didn't just go around once and be like, okay, bye. Like We we went around and I know nothing about plants, so I don't feel like you have to know anything about plants. But yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't know. You wouldn't think to do something like that. Like, what is this? It's probably boring. It was actually really nice. So that is nice. I, I love that they do that. One of our family's traditions before when my parents were still together was we would always um, go to the Festival of Lights that they had right there by the Botanical Gardens. Yeah. Um, and I did, I loved seeing all of the lights, but that's really cool um, that they light up the plants. Oh, yeah. All different lights and they're big, like, atrium when you first walk in. There's, like, all these beautiful different colored lights on the glass. Like, it was really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. And like I said, I am not a plant person. I know nothing about plants and I still enjoyed it. So you can find them if you want to look at their Instagram, Buffalo Botanical Gardens. And then if you want to get tickets to the event, you just go right to their website, which is www. Stop responding to me. It's like covering the website. <laughs> you guys, I re- I'm as Kathleen's reading it, I'm responding to a DM that she sent me on Instagram. So it keeps popping up. <laughs> it's covering the website. Okay. It's www.buffalogardens.com. So you can see it's right on there. Gardens After Dark, it's called Enchanted Winter Escape. Woo! It really is. How long does that go for? Yeah, it goes uh, through the beginning of March. So plenty of time to buy a ticket, go check it out. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it, guys. It's the end of the episode. We're done. We out. Bye-bye. Love ya. Make sure to follow us on Insta. Rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify, and we look forward to seeing you soon. What was that voice? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What a loser. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Subscribe. (laughs) Are you drinking this morning? (laughs) Fuck. No, but you want to know what? Oh, so stupid. I had a work happy hour last night. I have four mm, craft beers. Yeah. Guess who woke up with a hangover? Yep, this yep. 
jerk off. This is real time shit we're talking today. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Woo! I love you. Ow!